one. There it is. We are live, ladies and gents. Happy Tuesday. You know, on the Business Bros Podcast, we're all about meeting people and keeping that human relation, that human contact uh, first and foremost in our conversation. And we got a great guest for you today. So check it out. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. (laughs) What up, ladies and gents? James, it's fire intro time. Fire intro time. Here we go. It is a beautiful time block Tuesday on the Business Bros Pod. And I hope that you have blocked some time to tune in today. You're really going to want to hear from our guest today, a lady whose most touch for service turns everything she touches into golden opportunities for people in need. To hear her say it, we're all born in greatness with greatness. Having spent years as an advocate for military families with special needs, our guest started her business and desired others balance their professional and social lives what she calls the pillars of relationship success she uses what learned in the quality of life for others so joining us from Mij l welcome to the show miji shapo Welcome to the Maybe show. Welcome to the program. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's my honor. Thank you, thank you so much. So I got to know, uh, you know, what's what's good in your world? What is what what's going on in your space right now? That's the big topic. Everybody has something in their mind that they've that they've got to get off their chest. That they got to get out and and spread the word about. What's that with you? I think it would be. Uh, awareness that uh like you said we are born in greatness with greatness and for greatness and that uh if we really do everything that we do and love with love and for love not to sound cliche but we really really have an opportunity to succeed because i believe that we are born to entrepreneur our souls and if we do that we're going to succeed period Mish, you got a you got a very positive vibe about you. Um, let me tell you a quick little story. This weekend, I was talking to uh, my brother in law, and we we're having a, a a discussion on how we approach things in the world. And I have this I have this mindset personally where if you're doing something that doesn't come off to your own benefit, um, that doesn't uh, have a a win win scenario where it doesn't have a positive uh, intent behind it you're you tend to be doing the wrong things and i notice it kind of riles me up right when i when i see things going on uh in 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 defining things whether they're right or wrong not necessarily whether you believe in one side or the other but having an empathetic point of view to understand both sides and kind of come at it from a from that aspect of life where you know it, it sounds really frou-frou it sounds really you know oh i'm always positive i'm always on the happy side but it's really more of, of an understanding that I'm empathetic to both sides. I try to get a grasp mm. of where the other side is coming from, what the other side is feeling. Uh, and even though I may not agree with them, to get a good idea of what's going on so that we can come to some sort of mutual understanding. So when you said, you know, you're born of greatness for greatness, 
I, I, I kind of have to dig a little bit deeper there. And, and so I'm, I'm asking you, yeah, it sounds cliche, but what do you mean by born from greatness to become, you know, becoming greatness? Oh, thank you so much. I, I, I really love talking about that because it took me half my life, right? I have another half a life to live and it took me that long just to figure things out. Uh, I think that we are, when we're born, uh, the parameters of society, our families, uh, our religion, whatever cultures, just pretty much tell us, they want to give us role models and guides in order to succeed. You can be like this, follow this and do this or strive harder to just become this. And they tell you exactly what success might look like, right? So you get this idea of wanting to become something great, but you're focused on the outside of you. And the more you focus on outside of yourself, the less integrity of identity you're going to have, right? Because you're going to measure yourself against something other than you. When you do that, as great as others might be, you tend to just um, detach from, from your real self. And then what happens is that there's a gap that occurs, right? You're striving so hard to be like the world tells you you need to be and what success looks like for others, that you forget that you have already the skills, the passions, the interests, the dreams, the unique experiences that make you you. And that's really, really what's going to make you thrive. So if we're born with the idea that uh, we're already born perfect, we're already born with everything that we need to succeed, all we need to do it's just spend a little bit of time getting to know ourselves, uh, introspection, self-assessment, and use those skills and desires to create something for us. Uh, and I use the idea of senses, right? If you can just delight and based in the, your senses and the pleasure of your senses, pretty much you're going to create really good experiences and uh, whatever that may look like for you. And then I say, go ahead and, and create a lifestyle that's going to make you thrive, monetize it, just uh, innovate and just, uh, you know, set yourself out, out of the norm just to be you, because that's really where the greatness is, right? You're, I can't be Hernan. I can't be James. I can only be Niji. And as great as you guys are, if I try to be you, there's no way on this earth that I'm mm -hmm. going to succeed because I don't hold your greatness. You know, it's it's funny that that you're talking about how we're kind of preconditioned in that way. I was I was literally telling my my high school students today. I was like, "Look, you know, since school we've been conditioned to do to be the best at a lot of different things, right? You're supposed to get an A in math. You're supposed to get an A in chemistry. You're supposed to get an A in biology. You're supposed to get an A in anatomy. You're supposed to get an A in all these different subjects. Like everybody tells you that you're supposed to get, you know, straight A's or whatever you're supposed to shoot for perfection in all these different courses. Our minds are different. We all have different strengths and different weaknesses. And but, but we've been conditioned to work on our weaknesses so much that we avoid focusing our attention on our strengths, those talents that you're talking about, those mm. things that you were that we're born with, right? And I think part of the problem is what you were saying earlier is defining what that success is supposed to look like. There's a predetermined uh, definition of what success is supposed to be a certain dollar amount per year or a certain house that you live in or a certain car that you drive or the style of clothes that you wear. 
But if we keep trying to measure up to other people's definition of success, we're never really focusing in our attention on who we are and what makes us great. We're always looking at our flaws, trying to fix our flaws rather than doubling down on what we're already good at. And when you said monetizing, you know, some of those skills that we're good at, some of those talents, some of those greatnesses within us may not be a skill that makes you a million dollars. I'm sorry. It's just not in the cards for that particular skill. But if you wake up every day and you enjoy what you're doing and you love what you do on a daily basis, that that should be a metric for success. You're waking up happy. There's there's something inside you that fuels you that you look forward to. You don't, you know, stay up late boring yourself watching Netflix. You don't want to sleep in all day because you actually want to enjoy your life. Yes. I mean, is is that what you were thinking about when you were talking about greatness? Absolutely. Uh, do you know that uh, perception and interpretation are one of the top uh, uh, consequences or the top uh, indicators or propellers of, of stress? It's just that perception and that. Uh, that we have that interpretation that we give to the world and things. So if you uh, science now, it's in you know brain studies, body behavior, they've come a long, long way with neuroscience and uh, psychology, positive psychology, all these new fields, quantum physics. The idea that uh, that stress can be stress and anxiety can be controlled, right? You can self-regulate your emotions because what happens is. Your brain does not know that you're living, uh, that you're not living, in, you know, in the past or in the future, right? Your brain always thinks you're living right in the moment. Mm. So, for instance, if I tell you, uh, you guys, just think of the, uh, of the greatest thing that you've ever done. Think of a time and a moment, a place when you were at the top of the world. And I have you just take a deep breath and breathe. And I tell you, just think, tell me what was what that was like. Tell me how it felt. Just remember how that felt. You will become enthralled in that moment and I will see your face light up. I will see you smile. I will see your body just relax. I will see you so comfortable because you went immediately to that place, that time, that moment when you thought you were invincible, when everything was great. So what that proves is that you are all it takes is a single thought right to activate the hormones of stress or the hormones of positivity in this case the hormones of positivity so all it took was a thought and one thought propelled another one and another one and all of a sudden you be, you begin embodying those thoughts and that's how you pretty much just uh, uh cause effect onto your body right if i tell you to think about something, the worst memory of your life, you're immediately going to go there, you're going to tense up, and you're probably going to be upset. And because you do not know, your brain does not know that it's not in the past, that it's not in, in, in the future, right? It, it thinks it's right here, right there. So it begins just adapting to those thoughts and you begin embodying those thoughts. So that's basically what, um, what I'm talking about, the power that we have to self-regulate and to really control what comes in our heads and our minds because what you feed will, mm -hmm. you know, will harvest within you. What, what, yes. what you like to. I love this stuff. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, you're you're exactly right. You're yeah. We 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 actually learned this. I think uh, 
Earl, it was Earl Nightingale, that that uh, fifteen yeah. minute video clip with Earl Nightingale way back in the day, and he talks about your mind being uh, like fertile land. It doesn't really you care what you plant it. in that land, right? It'll 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 grow it with abundance because you're nurturing it. You're you're literally mm-hmm. putting yourself in that perspective. Another short term example is something that James and I love to do all the time, and we can't do since COVID. But it was going to the movies, right? You go into the movies, you literally zone into the screen, and you become. Uh, part of, or at least an audience to that new world, right? It doesn't matter what it is. It could be a Harry Potter. It could be, you know, Marvel Universe. It doesn't matter. Star Wars. When you're in it, you feel those emotions. You hear the music. You 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 see the characters. You your mind becomes that. It's almost a weird, surreal feeling when the movie's over and you walk out of the theater. And if you can if you can relate what that feels like, right? Everybody knows what it feels like to walk out of a movie theater after watching a movie. It feels like reality is almost not reality. And that's mm. because you've given your mind the ability to become uh, you know, to to enrich itself, to nurture that fantasy world that you were watching on the screen. Right. Yeah. And so we can take that same concept and develop it into the things that we want to become. So if you want to be better at something, enrich your mind, focus your mind on doing that one thing all day long. It will, it will grab it. It'll start, you'll start asking yourselves questions. Mm-hmm. Your mind will mm-hmm. be working even subconsciously while you're not conscious. Maybe you're driving somewhere, but your mind's still pondering that question that you're asking itself. And if you just dedicate yourself to what it is that you want to become, like, you know, and some people say it's, it's, it's consuming. It's, it's too kind of time consuming. It's intentional creation is what it is. So it's uh, going in there and saying, hey, today, this is the way and go in your day saying this is the way I want to feel. You plant that seed early on and it just continues to and you can plant it either way, right? If you wake up and you're like, oh, I feel this be a horrible day, then you're going to have that horrible day. But it's whatever you plant and whatever you water. Absolutely. Uh, I I couldn't agree with you more. It's just give yourself permission to dream. Give yourself permission to be free. Give yourself permission to express yourself in in any which way and use your senses. I mean, we have the power of our senses. We have the power of our intuition. We have the power of our delights and the things that really make us feel good. I say whatever makes your senses feel alive come alive, right? That's really what you should spend a little bit more time in and shift from the idea of, remember the old model was cause and, you know, effect. And now mm-hmm. new model is causing the effect, right? <laughs> like now we're, we're learning that we have control of our thoughts by self-regulation of our physiology and our psychology. And because we can do that and, and, uh, Ample data exists uh, with mindfulness, meditation, uh, just the power of, of breath, breath intelligence, and, mm-hmm. and all that to, to just support the idea that we no longer have to be predisposed to what we think may not be worth, you know, worth. Uh, if you, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, social determinants of health, but the World Health Organization and other organizations, right, CDC, and uh, they have determined some uh, social determinants of health. That means that the lack of, um, just to, to put it basically, is the lack of access to information and resources pretty much will predetermine the type of health quality you'll have and your ability to 
climb the social ladder, blah, 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 right? So what I say is, yes, there is a lot, a lot, a lot of truth to that. But the great news is that because we're learning so much about our brains now, we can mitigate that if we learn to utilize uh, our brains, our bodies, our mindsets, if we learn how to optimize and self, uh, you know, our, our potential from our bodies and our brain and self-regulate, we can actually be the change. How many people mm. do you know that uh, have faced so much adversity and that you think they're definitely, there's no way they're going to make it. And they turn out to be the greatest, most successful people. Mm. And you're like wondering how the heck did they do that? <laughs> Is that ability to want and go and thrive, right? Because it, it exists that what I, what I call greatness, it exists within you. I, you're it. You're it. I mean, your success is you. Your success is you. My success is mine. And I can blame whoever I want. But if I don't do anything about it, it it's, it's on me. I have no room to complain. It's, it's, your own, yeah, it's your own personal accountability, right? You've decided at some point that you want to make something happen. And once you decide to make that happen, it's your responsibility to take the actions necessary to get there. And sometimes when you decide to take a, an action in a course, uh, you don't know what's going to happen. You have no clue, but you take that first step. Maybe you start by Googling a little bit. You watch a couple of videos and you start to implement a little something. Then you modify it and you implement something else and you change it. You know, you do all these different things and you're progressively getting, getting closer to that. So I have a question for you because, um, you know, Social media puts a, a it has a, a both a positive and negative stigma on on who we are as individuals. And I heard this the other day, and I'm wondering what what you think about it. Um, and, and simply put, is uh, what you see in your social media feeds, what you see on your phone, the stuff that that pops up for you, is a reflection of who you are, right, and how you think. And so let me let me explain that a little bit. And let me I'm going to ask you if you agree with that. So the way these social media algorithms work, it's pretty simple. They want to keep you on the platform as long as possible. So as you scroll through things, when you stop and look at something, the algorithm knows you spend more time on either that person's post, that type of content, whatever it is. And so they start to put more of those things in front of you, right? So it's almost like you're looking in the mirror. If you're the type of person who opens your social media page and you're like, oh my God, everything I see is horrible. What are you really saying? You're saying this is the stuff that I pay attention to. Yeah. This is me, right? Oh my gosh, there's so much sex on my on my feed. Well, that's what you're paying attention to. That's what you're looking at, right? This is this is this is who you are. It's a reflection of who you're paying attention to and what you're spending your time in. So I want I kind of wanted to give you know ask you that question. How, what do you think about that? Uh, theory. That's a Billie Jean theory, by the way. I didn't. I didn't come up with that myself. Oh, I, I, like, <laughs> I like him. Um, I. I will tell you that I hadn't heard that, but that it does make sense as far as you know where where you shift your attention to is where you're given your energy to, right? If you if you shift your attention to something, obviously that's where it's going. But it's probably going there. I mean, I I read a lot of. Um, uh, energetic stuff. I read a lot of neuroscience stuff I, because I just want to learn, right? There's a mm -hmm. reason why you're shifting your idea. If you're going and you're looking for uh, to do research because you need to gather data, of course, you need to know to look at things. But for the most part, 
I think that when you're on social media and you spend time looking at things or maybe paying attention to what other people do or whatever, I think uh, it could be good and it could be bad, but people only post the great stuff the most, hmm. for the most part. People post their, their 10 great minutes of their day or whatever. So I think it's a choice to uh, what you, first of all, where you shift your attention to and what you choose to focus with. And I have to say, although he has a really good point, because if I'm, I choose to spend my attention on that, that's what I'm giving my energy to. But I don't think that everything that I pay attention to reflects me. I'm interested because I need to make educated guesses. I need to know what people are saying or what not saying in order to further my ag- my my actions. But that's, that's very interesting. I, I think I need to stop and think a little bit more about what you're saying but it's it's a very interesting perspective that you know that somebody may may say that so and it's I have- so reflective right yeah yeah and and, and well here, here's the other side to that right so so if you are disgusted with one side of what's going on you should open your eyes to the other side Right. This is where empathy comes in into play. Right. This is where you start feeling, uh, you know, you you might completely disagree with somebody. It's like I said at the beginning when I was having that discussion with my brother-in-law. Right. You might completely disagree. Maybe, you know, you're 100 percent on one side of Black Lives Matters or maybe you're on 100 percent side of the of the Democratic or Republican side. Maybe you're 100 percent on one or the other. But if you do not spend the time looking at the other side, you're just as bad as a person who's one-sided on on either side. I'm not saying you have to agree with one side or the other. But what I am saying is it's in your best interest to understand where they're coming from so that you can take an empathetic approach so that you so that when you come to terms with somebody, maybe we agree to disagree. But you're coming from a place where you understand their argument, where you know where they're coming from. Not that you agree with them, but that you know that they have been heard. Because Mm -hmm. we as humans, right, whether you're talking social media, whether you're talking business and marketing, whether you're talking, you know, intimate relationships, people want to be heard. This is why they post things online. Need, right? That validation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, people want to know that they matter, that they belong. Um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? That, that, that uh, self-fulfillment, just knowing that, you know, you matter and intrinsic motivation is really up in, in the scale of, of success because uh, when you're doing something, you're a part of that outcome. You're, you're vested in, in the action and the outcome and the purpose, you know, it just seems it's more rewarding as you give a kid $50, right? He said, here, take the $50 and do whatever you want with it. No problem. They'll do whatever. Now, if you tell your kid, all right, you have to earn these $50 and then it's your money. Then they want money. You said, you know, those $50 that you earn. Okay. Go and spend them. Use them. I'm telling you, I have three kids. I'd be like, uh, I don't know about that. I said, what's the difference between your money and my money? Well, that's my money. I earned it. So it's mm-hmm. easy. You know, you're going to stop before you spend it because you're vested. You know that all of a sudden it, it's just, it, it takes some sort of toll and you, you're vested in it, but if it's, so, I mean, does that explain? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's a great, that's a great answer. It, I, I use that discussion when I talk to people about, you know, investing, uh, you know, putting money. I have kids that always ask me, should I invest in the stock market? I go, yeah, you should give it a shot. Like you never will understand what the market is like 
until you put your own money in it. It's like playing online poker, right? You can play on the free tables, but nobody really pays attention to the rules and everybody plays a weird way. As soon as you start playing for pennies, now pennies are nothing, but because it's your penny, all of a sudden you have a different point of view, right? Your perspective is different. And it's the same thing what you're describing with the kids, right? Giving them money, they'll blow it on whatever earning the money now they have a different perspective on that same fifty dollar bill so now all of a sudden when you send them out on the shopping spree they're really more hesitant they start thinking about the time they put in and the work they had to do and what the value of that money is it's not money it's they're exchanging of time or the work for that thing was that worth my time and effort that's a huge that's a huge perspective shift I didn't ask a question, didn't I, Jen? <laughs> yeah, I did it earlier. But it is yeah. a huge perspective shift, and it's it's what things going. It's what makes things. I don't know. Um, so well, well, Miji, when you're when you're talking to your clients, right, and they they have a wall, for example, right, that they, they they only see their perspective in life. What are some of the tactics or techniques or strategies that you use to help them see the other side of the table? Because once you once you can do that, the negotiation skills in business and even in your own you know relationship with your spouse, if you can understand the other side, whether you agree or not, it opens up that that ability for you to negotiate terms and to get to to a place where you are in a productive state. But there are people that are oftentimes. Uh, are hard-headed. They just don't understand. They don't see the value in understanding the other side. Uh, have you come across clients like that? And how do you break them down? Oh, all the time. And I think uh, uh, what I do is I'm very big on trying to uh, be neutral. And I believe in education, right? Uh, I did not understand a lot of it myself uh, until I became educated. So here's the thing you are probably very familiar with the fact that we have a primitive brain, right? Is the, the fight, the flight, or the faint death uh, brain. It's just that that brain that, you know, that's there to protect us. Just survival skill, right? So when, we, when I tell you that we're designed to survive, and when we perceive fear, all of a sudden what's going to happen is that our physiology is going to respond to that threat, that perceived threat. So what's going to happen is that I'm going to tense up. I am going to be able to just, you know, get ready to like, again, fight or, or run or just paralyze. When I explain to my clients that that is okay, that's what happens, that we have this innate tendency to react to things. But that the great thing is that now we know more about our frontal lobe. We know more about our clear thinking brain and that if we use uh, strategies and techniques to be able to calm our bodies, breathing and just relax, then all of a sudden we become more open-minded. We become so relaxed that we're able to just sit back when you're, when your um, primitive brain is engaged. You don't see anything. You can you see this. You know you need to just shoot and run, or you need, you know, you need to fight or you need to play dead. And that's what you're going to do. You can't see the big picture because this is the immediate danger in front of you. And that's that's your task. That's your action. But when you step back and you calm your physiology and you, you ease your psychology and just learn 
to just take a more relaxed state, right? I don't have to run just because somebody's mad at me. I don't have to, to run because uh, I'm in the middle of a negotiation with this person and I don't understand where they're coming. Sometimes when we just sit back and relax and, and go in within our physiology and our psychology, we can just uh, become less reactive, more proactive. That's a clear thinking brain that takes, you know, that takes over. And at that point, not only can you lower your vagal tone, not only can you just relax your tension, not only can you just, just be more calm and be able to just think a little bit better, see the bigger picture. When I explain that to people, where we're talking about physiology, we're talking about psychology, we're talking about science, we're talking about uh, you know what happens to you, then they're more open to hearing what I have to say because all I did was just explain to them that the tendency that we feel to just be distrusting of things is just really, it's, it serves us, right? It's there just to protect us. So, but that we can intervene, we can just step in and say, okay, I know I can protect myself from this. Now, how can I just look at the other side and what can I do in order to be able to just be more open-minded. And then I let them experience it. And then I said, okay, the choice is yours. Now from there on, but because if I let them know that these are the things they can do, all of a sudden we're moving to strategies, we're moving to physiology, we're moving to biology, to techniques. I don't need to, to pick your side for you. You will do that for yourself. Okay, all I did was say validate that your need to be distrusting, your need to run away, your need to stop and, and assess the situation and dis discern whether it's safe or not. That's just so real and so valid that if, mm -hmm. if I am going to honor that for you, then when we're having a conversation, you're more likely to listen to me because I'm not pushing you to do anything. I'm just simply having a dialogue that you can possibly understand because chances are when somebody's trying to sell you something, somebody's trying to just uh, prove a point or something, you know that they're coming from their best interest. But if you can step back and look at the bigger situation, chances are you can, you'll come around and, and, and have that freedom to discern. And if you are heard to your point earlier, everyone wants to be heard. If you're validated, if, if I honor you and who you are, that greatness that we spoke of, chances are that you will be more prone to listening to anything. What kind of dog could be a relationship? It could be business. It could be friendships. It could be whatever it might be, you know, with your boss or uh, in the community. So it's a matter of not focusing on what the intent of the other person is, but what your perception of the interpretation and mm -hmm. the, uh, the information that's coming your way is and why. So funny that way. It's so funny because for me, I keep saying this over and over again. If you want to be the best person to other people that you can be, you have to be super selfish and figure yourself out first. Yeah. There's no other way you can be of service to other people. If you're a detriment to yourself, like you have to get in the right mindset. That's, that's why for me, it's so vitally important to have that positive side, to understand both sides and to, to that. It's okay to have, a point of view on both sides of the line because you're still going to have your own decision. You're just being empathetic to the other side. And as soon as you have peace 
with what you believe in and you understand that that's, that's who you are. This is who I am. This is how I think, right? I'm going to take my time in my day to do the things that I want to do, but it frees up my time to also do those other things that I want to do, which happen to involve your spouse, your business, your, your, you know, hobbies, other people, philanthropy, whatever it's going to be. But you can't do those things effectively um, in long term until you clarify who you are. And that's that's huge. What you were talking about there and getting your mind in the right spot and understanding, you know, that that perspective, that's that's the steps that you need to take, I think, on a personal level for you to be able to help and do well with others. So I, I actually have developed a, 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 a process as an alternate modality that I called MSA, which is a multi-sensory movement surrender approach for managing stress and anxiety. And uh, the reason I've done that is because I, I take into consideration the fact that we're over 7.5 billion people in this world, right? So if we're all unique, if our greatness looks different, if we have different biologies, different uh, relationships, different geographies, different uh, cultures, customs, languages, you know, so all of the religions, whatever it may be. So how can we possibly, possibly just think that we can have a few categories that are going to really, uh, that we can fit into, right? There's no possible way. But when we tell you that your express expression of uh, identity must remain in integrity of who you are, and that when you learn to do just that, right? Understand who you are, where your greatness is and what you can do that. And then you take that and you just kind of mold it and shape it and merge it into your environment at work, at home, at play, in the community, in the world. That's really the means for success. That I, Dan Goldman, that social psychology, emotional intelligence, uh, uh, Joe Dispenza, uh, we're talk, talks about, you know, the power and the ability that we have to just heal our bodies. Uh, uh, Dr. Barbara Fredrickson talked about the upward spiral, downward spiral, and, and the, the role that our emotions play in our, our psychology, physiology, and our ability to really create something and decide that we can use all of ourselves to succeed. It's basically comes down to one thing, and that one thing is mindset. So MSA just helps you create a mindset that is yours in which you can ex express yourself freely in, in a safe place so that then you can go ahead and move on and just create your greatness, whatever that may be. So I think we're all aligned. I'd love to hear what you guys are saying because, I mean, you seem to have this forward-thinking approach to, to business, and I just really think that that is great. Well, Miji, thank you for coming on the show. I'm telling you, mindset, motivation, you know, getting your getting your head straight, getting yourself it. straight. I'm all about that. I love that sort of stuff. So thank yeah. you for coming on the show and sharing with us. It is my pleasure, my honor. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Of course, of course. Ladies and gents, make sure you guys check out Miji. Drop her uh, Instagram there one more time, Ham. Oh, yep, sure. Uh, here you go. Boom, boom. So go ahead, check that guy. Check, check out uh, Miji on Instagram. Check out her website. Get the information you need so you guys can uh, connect with her and get you know get some more information. I mean, anytime you you fix your mind and and get yourself in a in a mindset where you can move forward, that's a good thing. 
so many negative things going on in the world that a little bit of positivity can go a long way. All right, ladies and gents, uh, Miji, again, thank you for being on the show. That's all we got for you guys today. Oh, James is dropping the Business Bros mask. I forgot that. That's right. So if you guys want to get your Business Bros masks, uh, you guys, uh, the the uh, Etsy store's uh, logos, I mean, logo, the Etsy store uh, URL is uh, scrolling across the bottom, etsy.com slash shop slash posh notions. Make sure you guys check that out. All right. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. <laughs> Bye-bye. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.